0: Say that that this niggan about this song, that singing it, First of all, the words come from the words come from uh which we say when we're taking out the Torah. It's a Thursday, so we said it this morning, the We have a tradition that the Chavetz Chaim is to skip over these words. Because the Chavetz Chaim felt, who am I to say, I am a servant of God? I'm a rebellious child of God, maybe, you know. I'm a servant of God. So the Chavetz Chaim was, he felt unworthy of saying such things. And so Kalevichom, or us, that we should feel unworthy of saying, I am a servant of God, who am I to say such a thing? And on top of that, so, there were righteous people who said, this particular nigyan, to sing it, Ana, 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 Avda, the I, I, I am a servant of God. So there were movements that some people had to try to change the words to. Ana, Avda, 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 the Avda, Avda. That instead of saying Ana three times and Avda once, the person should say, I am a servant, a servant, a servant of God. But then there were other people who pushed back, and I, I think I'm one of these people. That we should say, we're living at a time when to say, I am a servant of God and to be proud of ourselves. The only type of gaiva which is permissible is what's referred to as being mitga'eba, what is Hashem, to be? Not haughty about my accomplishments in the service of God, but being proud of being a servant of God. Like the Mishnah Bura says that the wearing of tzitzis, like the Mishnah Bura writes, like if a person was given a special sign from, a, from the king that said, you're one of my men, would you, would you hide it? Would you, not, would you not bear it as a, a badge of pride? And so when a person says, I am a servant of the king, at a time when the whole world is laughing at people who are proud of being servants of the king, so then Magilla says, say, I am, I am, I am a servant of the king. I believe that it's a great honor to be a servant of the king, to even try to be a servant of the king. Yaakov, you know, runs away and goes to sleep. And has this magnificent dream of Asula of Artsa Viroshum Gyashamaima and he sees a vision of Hashem, Keviachal standing at the top of this ladder. Hashem Nitsava Hashem is standing over it. And in the Medrash, the Malachim The Malachim are coming up and down this ladder. In the Medrash Rabbah the Malachim are coming up and down the ladder. They're looking at Yaakov, sleeping on the sleeping on the floor. I picture him sleeping the way that my son sleeps. Akiva sleeps like this with his, you know, Yaakovinu, just sleeping like this. And the Malachim are seeing even Yaakovinu is so sweet in his sleep on the run from Esav. Stopped at Daban and Mayrev first, and then fell asleep in exhaustion. And they're seeing Yaakovinu in his state of slumber. And then they're going up the ladder. And they're looking at the Kisei Kavod, the throne of God's glory that has etched on it, amongst other things, the face of a lion, the face of an eagle, the face of one of the Kruvim, and the face of Yaakov Avinu. And they just can't figure it out. How is this guy sleeping on the floor, as holy as he is, how is this the same person whose face is shining on the Kisei Kavod? It's just a mismatch. This is the same person as... This guy who's unconscious on the floor is the same guy who's literally so important that his face is etched into the throne of, 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 of God's glory. And so this dream that Yaakov is having is Yaakov is seeing the malachim, looking at him as he is and looking at him in his ideal state. And then Yaakov wakes up and Rav Shemshin one of the Talmidim of the Shem Tov explained that Yaakov Avinu wakes up from his mysterious dream and Yaakov Avinu says, wow, what a dream. Achen yesh Hashem It turns out that Hashem is in this place. I didn't even realize. I must be in this holy place to have such a, a, a vision of God's throne. To see, in this This is clearly the place where heaven and earth are connecting. This is like the portal to another dimension. So Yaakov Yisus says, "Achein Yesh Hashem M'akom Hazeh, Anochi Lo Yadati." And Rav Shmuel Asher said, "Achein Yesh Hashem M'akom Hazeh. I knew, Achein Aleph Chaf Nun. I knew that the Arye, the Lion, the Kruv, and the Nesher." The Aryeh, the Kruv, and the Nesher, Achein, Aleph I knew that the Kruv and the Aryeh and the Nesher, those were on Hashem's throne. But, but I didn't realize that the Aryeh and the Nesher and the Kruv and the Yud and Yaakov, I didn't realize that I was on Hashem's throne. I knew that, I knew that Hashem cared about these supernal creatures of, you know, whatever, this Aryeh, Kruv, and Nesher, the, these angelic beings. That I knew Hashem was interested in, but Hashem was interested in me. I didn't know that Yud, about Yaakov, I didn't know that my face was etched onto the divine throne. So Yaakov understands in this moment that I, I, I am the servant of God. That I'm Choshov. And in that moment, Yaakov's life is forever changed. And so many of us and so many of us who already woke up from that dream and already knew that our face is also etched onto the Divine Throne. Yaakov vino is the face of all of the Jewish people. So many of us who already know this and who've learned this and so many of us who are just waking up to this now a person could in one second be feeling like, I am a servant of God, Hashem cares about me. And then two minutes later feel like, Hashem is totally not paying attention to me, and why would He? And so dafka in our generation, a person has to say, Ana, anna, anna, avodah I remember I was one time walking to give a shir late at night in the community where I live in a remote bet and I was carrying a stack of svarim. I discovered that it's easier to bring a stack of svarim than to make a source sheet that you then hand out and then everyone hands back to you at the end. It's just easier to at the last minute grab a few books off the shelf and give this year like that. And so I was walking with like a stack of svarim and this was maybe a year ago or so. And I saw somebody, a friend of mine, who saw me walking down the street with a sack, and he said, pshhh, Chashev, whoa wow, you know? He was giving me like a little, like, you know? He was giving me a little. So, I looked at him and I said, yeah, I am Chashev. I said, I am Chashev. I said, do you know what year it is? Do you you have any idea like where in Jewish history? I I gave back to him strong. I was like, do you have any idea where in Jewish history we are? It's like 2020, 2021. The world is on fire. I could be anywhere in the world right now. I could jump on a plane and fly to some tropical island somewhere, shave my beard, shave my payas, take off my tzitzis, never put on tefillin again, not keep Shabbos, totally abandon my Judaism. And I'm here on a random Thursday night, schlepping a bunch of books to try to connect the God. Yeah, I'm Chashov. My face is on Hashem's throne. And it turns out that the Malachim who are looking at Yaakovin was asleep, like it says in Shir Ashirim. Like it says in Shir Ashirim. I am asleep, but my heart is awake. I am asleep, but my heart is awake. I might be asleep, but my heart is awake. And after Yaakov Avinu sees this dream, has this dream where he sees how the Malachim are just astounded. How could this guy who's asleep be the same guy who's on the throne of Hashem's glory? And, And then Yaakov Avinu wakes up and he says, you know what, I didn't even know. I didn't know that I was a servant of God. No one told me that God was caring about what I did. But now that I know, Now that I know that I'm a servant of God, so now I have a little bit more strength. Now I have a little bit more strength. Yaakov Avinu didn't have to... Yaakov Avinu specifically... Hidav and Marv before he went to sleep. How does a person come to have such a dream? How can we be Zoha to have a dream... That'll be revealed to us because that's what everybody wants. There's not a single person who's here joining from afar, or a single person sitting here close who doesn't want confirmation that Hashem cares about what I'm doing. And there's probably also not one person here who didn't have a thought at some point this week, if not today, if not within the last hour. That maybe like all of this is for nothing, and like I know I don't. I don't really know that. Achein, yeah, 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 Hashem is interested in those people who are, who are like, what's the, what's the Aryeh? The Aryeh is, like it says in the, like it says in the Shulchan the very beginning, Hashem is interested in the lion, Hashem is interested in the person who jumps out of bed in the morning, who's not, you know, who's waking up for khatsos and jumping out of bed like a lion, but that's not me. I get up for the faher after 120 to shamayim, and Hashem is like, okay, let's open the shulchar, let's see, how'd you do? First simon, did you wake up in the morning like a lion? It's like, uh, can, we, uh, can we get to the next one? So you leave the next one. You know, we're not the lion. Hashem cares about the lion. The nesher. Who's the nesher? Kalka nesher. Who's the nesher? The nesher is a is the tzaddik. We spoke about this once before. Of is the Yosef. The nesher is that strong bird that's able to be on Shemaim and Aretz and fly between the two of them. And I could be on the ground and I could be up high. I know how to connect Shemaim and Aretz. Shem cares about the nesher. I know about that. Kruvim, these angelic beings that look like babies. They have baby faces with wings. So the Rashi says. someone who's pure like a baby who doesn't have, like what it says by Sari Amenu when she was 127, she was pure like a seven-year-old, like a seven-year-old kid. It's a kid. but Yaakov Avino, but Yaakov, I'm on the run, I'm a mess. I just lied to my father to get a bracha that I'm not even super confident that I deserve. So how does Yaakov, that's what we all want. How, do we, how did Yaakov merit to have this dream? So I don't know for sure. But all I can tell you is that the last thing Yaakov Yina did before he went to sleep is he davened marv. Now, it depends where you look. If you look, for example, in the Torah to Mima, the Torah to Mima says, why is marv a rishus? Why Why mincha shachars? These are chiyuvin. The Mishnah in says, tfilas harvest ain lo kava, which is understood to mean it's a roshos. There's no set time for doing it, because we don't really have to do it. Nowadays, Tosos already says, we took it on ourselves as a minhag. But how did, how did it come out that Marv, and even, we have a way of still connecting to that. The Shulchan Aruch says that if a person has some other mitzvah to do, and Marv gets in the way, then Marv takes a back seat, even if it's not the regular Osik mitzvah, not Osik and Marv yet. But Marv is a rishos, it has a less, lesser khiv to it. So how did Marv take that, how did it get that? So the Torah Tamima says, because there's a Gemara in Ervin that says that when a person is traveling on, a, on like a, a, not like traveling you know, in a car, like a half hour journey, when a person is traveling like a real journey, it's gonna take like a week or two weeks, the first three days of the journey, they're so unsettled that they're they don't from have to daven at all. The person is first three days of a journey. In fact, the, the Gemara also says that the first three days back from the journey, you also don't have to daven. Now, do we have such journeys like that, Bizman, is that with modern transportation? It's a good question. Second of all, the ramarites writes that we never have kavana anyway, so you know, are we going to say like, oh, I'm on this journey, I don't have kavana. Like, You don't have kavana when you're at your tip-top, you know. So we daven always. But Yaakov Avinu, Yaakov Avinu, he was putter from Davin, He was on the beginning of a journey. And yet, he decided he was going to do it anyway. It was a Rushus. And yet he did it anyway. And so for all generations, Marv became a because that's how Yaakov and Davan is Rushus. So how does a person merit to know that they are a servant of God? How does a person merit to have a dream, to know Anochi Luyadhia? Until now I only knew and I knew that Hashem cares about the lion and Hashem cares about the cruise, and that Hashem cares about the Nesher, who can connect heaven and earth. But I didn't know that Hashim cared about me. How does a person learn Come to appreciate that Hashem cares about them also. So there's only one way. And that is through doing something that's not demanded of it. When a person takes an extra step to do something which is a little bit not demanded of them, I don't have to do this. I don't have to do this. It's sufficient me, for me to, to light my Hanukkah candles in another few weeks, and then I could walk away. That's okay. I did the mitzvah. I'm yotze. It's sufficient for me to get to davening at the time that before they take away the paper so I don't get in trouble, but that's sufficient but I'm gonna go extra and make sure that I get there on time. Night ends at 10 o'clock after Marv, and I stay five minutes extra. Then a person will begin to dream dreams that maybe Hashem cares about me, even if I'm not so perfect. (laughs) So for our generation, we sing the song of Avda we say I, I, I because anything that we're doing is already on the level of, the Maharal writes something amazing the Maharal says, well let me tell you two things the Chose of Lublin said that in our generation, everybody's together Balchuva. no such thing, even if you are a big, big Tzadik, everyone's together Baal Tshuva and the Maharal writes in the Sivachuva, based on the Gemara the Gemara says that a balchuva who comes in does mitzvah, Hashem conceives of a person who's about Shuvah as if Ki'ilu, he brought karbonos in the Beis HaMikdash. And what kind of karbonos? Specifically, a karbonedadah, which means a free will offering. So the Ma'aral says, and this is already so many hundreds of years ago, the Ma'aral says that for a person who's already had the yoke of the old mitzvot taken off of their shoulders, For them, every mitzvah that they do is begeder that I'm giving Hashem a gift. Because, ki'il, I've already lost my sense of commandedness. And so anything that any of us does, anything that any of us does in the service of Hashem, on a certain level, we are on the highest level of maref. This is not me talking. Rav, Rav Moshe Wolfson writes that Ma'ariv, of course, corresponds to the nighttime. Gullus corresponds to the nighttime, like the Gemara M'sachim says that nighttime is like Gullus. As the Gullus carries on and it gets darker and darker and darker, every act of service that a Jew does for Hashem entitles them to say, "Ana, Ana, Ana, I am a servant of God. I could be doing anything in the world right now, and yet I'm deciding to sit here with a bunch of my friends candles lit and sing to Hashem and to learn Torah and to try to strengthen myself and try to strengthen each other, that entitles me to say that I'm a servant of God because the whole world thinks that I'm nuts for doing that. That's what you're doing with your year. Why don't you do an internship for a year, you know? Something you can put on the resume. You're going to go next year and someone say, what did you do last year? And like, I thought about life and its meaning. I thought about how I ought to live for a year? Not for like a weekend or something? You didn't like go to a seminar for like a weekend and then get back to real life? So all of us are entitled to to say that we are servants of God. And so despite those tzaddikim who preferred us to say Avda, Avda, Avda to focus more on the servitude aspect and not to be so happy about Ana, Ana, Ana about my place in this whole thing Hashem should help us to know to wake up from (coughs) whatever dream that we're having where in that dream when we went to sleep we thought that Hashem only cared about the people who are like lions or like eagles or pure like kruvim. Hashem should help us to understand that our face is also etched on the Kisir HaKavu. Letters, and you see letters. The letters. Cook writes in our Torah that sometimes a person is so overwhelmed by the place, the space that's above the letters of the Torah, that they're drawing from the place that's above the letters of the Torah, that they need. The letters to help ground them in a place of actual um, actual substance. Sometimes a person feels like sometimes a person feels like they can't learn. Like they say, the, they say the chesam Sofer used to occasionally keseder. They say that between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, after Yom Kippur, like a day of fasting and and just complete purity, the purity of Yom Kippur. The Chassam Sofer was so, in such a state of exalted consciousness, he was so happy and so in love with Hashem that he couldn't learn Torah. He couldn't do it for like a bunch of days. And he would just write love songs to Hashem. The reason we know this is because his son, the Chassam Sofer, found a stack of these like sonnets, you know, these love poems. And he asked his father, like, Abba, what is this? And he told him, he said, that, that, that's, my, that's my poetry collection from the days between Yom Kippur and, and Sukkot when I can't focus on learning. I just, I just read poems instead. So sometimes a person is not able to learn, not because they're having a rough morning. Try this on your morning, to Rebbe next time you're not feeling it. Like, Rebbe, it's, it's not that I went to sleep so late last night and I'm not feeling it. It's, it's that... I'm just, I'm connected so high. I'm connected to the place above the letters. I can't focus on the Rashpa right now. I just, I'm like, I'm up there by the letters. So if Cook says, if a person accepts that with humility, a person ex- ex- accepts that state with joy and with humility, then they'll have an increased level of, of purity in their in the way that they look at things, and the way that they read things in the Torah afterwards, once they're able to accept the fact that I'm stuck up here, which is not where Hashem wants me. Hashem wants me here, and I and I'm okay with that. I say, I'm. I'm there's an all-encompassing light that's not necessarily connecting to the to the black fire on the text right now. It's like stuck somewhere in the white of the cloth of the Torah. So. A person's humble about that, impatient with themselves, so then afterwards, there's an extra level of, I'm not saying that I'm in that place, I'm just sharing that. Just sharing that. So, so, Yaakov Avino, I know that, um, we have this Indian. when we finish the Torah, we finish the Torah, we go very quickly, we try to, Try to restart it again very quickly. The whole end of Sim Torah is the moment that we finish it. We have the Chasin Torah, and then, if you ever saw in the Siddur, when we're calling up the Chasin Bereshes to start again, we say, Amod, Amod, Amod. We say, Maher, 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 quickly start over the Torah again. And there's a Nusach there in the piat that's basically universal in every show when they call up the Chasin Bereshes. So they say to him, run quickly to say Baruch Hu to start we want to start the Torah over again so that we won't we won't learn to lie so that we won't be liars very enigmatic statement that's, that's the Nasech that the Am that the nation we shouldn't learn to lie so we should start the Torah again quickly so we don't learn to lie So there's a Torah from the Mojitz Zarebi. Rebbe. The Yisabracha. The Yisab Bracha explained that the heart, the heart is called lev in Hebrew because the word lev appears in the Torah 32 times. 32 times, Lamid and be'ez, lev, that's the, the heart is called the heart because it appears in the Torah 32 times, the word lev. However, one of those times is found at the end of this week's parsha, when it says that Yaakov was Gonev, he stole Lev Lavan, he stole the heart of Lavan. Meaning, he stole the heart of Lavan, it means that he, he tricked Lavan because he basically ran away in the middle of the night. He said, okay, good night, Pops. See you in the morning. And then Hevra had a plan, you know, and uh, you can just imagine them like, you know, with like black uh, ink under their eyes, you know, in the middle of the night crawling on, uh, and they sneak out of Lovin's house and they, they make a run for it. Because Yaakov knows that if he tries to get away with Rachel and Leah and, and the grandkids, it's not going to happen. Lovin's going to make all types of shtick, and so he steals away in the middle of the night. So it says that he was going to Lev Lavan, he tricked Lovin. So, one of the 32 times in the Torah that we have the word heart is Lev Lavan. So, lest a person think that it's appropriate or possible to serve Hashem with the Lev Lavan, with the heart of Lavan. There's all different types of ways for a person to serve Hashem with their heart. <clears throat> Says, Yakov. says about Yaakov, Yaakov raised up his feet. It's a funny Russian way of speaking about talking. Rashi writes, his heart carried him. His heart carried him. There's a way of serving God with such heartfeltness that it literally carries you. You could see people walking down the street and they're carrying their heart and they're dragging their feet. And you could see people whose heart is carrying them and they're just like floating down the street. There are all different types of ways of using your heart, but one of the ways that we don't want the Jewish people to use their heart is to be inauthentic, to not be real. That's the worst thing you can do, is to not be real. To not be true with yourself about where you're at. And so by finishing the Torah and starting it over very quickly again, the Yisab Bracha says, the last Pasuk of the Torah, the last words of the Torah, Le'enei ko Yisrael, and by as fast as we can going from Israel to Baratius, we create one more lave. The last letter of the Torah is Lamed, the first letter of the Torah is Bays, by doing what's referred to as na'utz sofa but khilasu so by putting the end of the Torah back into the beginning very quickly. We get another lave so we don't have to use the lave lavan. The lave lavan means to live inauthentically, To copy other people or to do what you think other people might want you to do or to act in a way that you think your teachers might expect you to act, your parents might expect you to act, or even the way that you got into a routine of acting with a significant other, your wife of almost 10 years, more than 10 years. Certain patterns that we get into, this lev levon of acting inauthentic, like in the moment, ever happened with you? Maybe? Possibly? It certainly happens after your I'm sure it happened in your families before. You know, you, like, get into a fight with your, one of your parents or one day with, with your spouse or sibling or something, and, like, you're not angry anymore, but you have to pretend to be angry because, like, you're not, you haven't reached the threshold of, of, like, being okay with the other person. But, like, you're not, you're totally not angry anymore. But I'm not going to be the first one to... That's living with a level love one that's living inauthentically. So we we quickly start the Torah again. So we get this extra wave, We don't have to rely on the lev, Lavan. One of my teachers, probably the first person to give me a sip of uh, the Hungarian wine, the first person to really open my eyes to the world of Vodis Hashem was Rabbi Judah Michel. He is Rabbi Judah Michel? Rajin Moshel has a story that he likes to say, any chance he gets the opportunity to say it. I don't know if it's in his his book, but everyone should go buy it. It's called Baderech. The story that he always likes to tell is the story of these three boys who um, are struggling with their Sabbath observance, I guess we'll say it like that. And so Friday night, after the meal, they all get together, they... Come together and there's they're living it's old country, you know and uh, they get together somewhere they go out to there's this farm that's right near their house, and there's this basically abandoned barn type building, and they go and they bring a backpack, you know, and in the backpack is all type of uh, drink and uh flammable substances that they can put in their mouth and smoke. And um, so they go to the barn and this is like their routine Friday night and people are starting to catch on to it. And so one night, after dinner, there's a plan, a stakeout, you know, the, the town elders are going to come and they're going to they're going to come catch them red-handed in the act. So, Chavra meat, have no clue what's going on, you know, totally clueless as to what's about to happen and they set out for the barn and they go into the barn and they take out their their wares and they start to drink and they start to smoke and they're laughing and they're having a good time. And meanwhile there's trouble brewing, you know, down the road, the town elders and their parents and the principals and whatever are all coming. You know? And suddenly the barn door swings open and there's a righteous mob standing there and they're caught red handed. And one of the elder statesmen stands up and says, What's going on here? And the first boy gets up and he says, I forgot. And the person says, You forgot what? I forgot it was Shabbos. And all of the parents and all of the authority figures there start to nod to each other. Yes, you forgot it was Shabbos. Okay, good boy. You know, you forgot it was Shabbos. Okay. You know... Goes over and he joins them. And I say, hey, "What about you?" And the second boy says, "I also forgot." And I say, "What'd you forget?" Yeah, I forgot not to smoke on Shabbos. I, I just, I totally forgot. Ah, oh, he didn't know he was supposed to the the smoke on Shabbos. Okay, he's a good boy. You know, let him off the hook. And the third boy, I say, "What's what's your story?" And he says, "I also forgot." And they said, would you forget? And they say, I forgot to lock the barn door. <laughs> so my Rebbe always likes to say that the third boy is the one who has the highest hope of living a life well lived. Because he's honest with himself, because he knows I don't keep Shabbos. And I know you don't about to smoke on Shabbos. But I'm authentic about it. I forgot to lock the barn door. I just wish you would leave me alone. Oh, that's a very heavy story. But it's the story of a Jew who's not living with a lay of Lavan. Le'enei kol Yisrael. What's This kol Yisrael? This, this part he doesn't say. What's Le'enei kol Yisrael? Le'enei What happened Le'enei kol Yisrael? What did Moshe do Le'enei kol Yisrael? He broke the luchos he saw the Jewish people were worshipping the Egel. he broke the luchos. he threw the luchus on the floor and he broke them into a million pieces. Barash is The beginning of serving God, the beginning of having a healthy relationship with, your, with yourself, with your Judaism, with your mental health, with your financial health, whatever it is that you're trying to work on, the first thing is... You have to acknowledge what's going on. If you want to create that lave, if you want to create a lave to break the lave love on it and to replace it with something that's real, sometimes it means breaking the luchos. Now, notice the Jewish people don't break the luchos. Moshe who breaks the luchos. Moshe understands that in order to create a sense of I see where you're at and let's acknowledge what needs to be worked on here. So Moshe breaks breaks the Luchos and Hashem says to him, Good job, Moshe Rabbeinu. So There's a difference between, let's put the two things that we said so far together, as we've been trying to do this year somehow. I never did this before, but now it seems every week I say two semi-opposite things. and then On the one hand, the person has to be moster Nefesh to go beyond their level, which on the one hand could smack of being inauthentic. I'm pushing myself to do inyani that is not being asked of me because I'm putter from Davin now. I'm in the middle of a trip, or I can't pay attention anyway, or whatever it is that I'm doing that's not being asked of me. And on the other hand, we're saying that we don't want to serve God with a lev lavan. Somewhere in between the two of those things of acknowledging where I'm really at, striving for something greater is where Yaakovino has this dream. where there are malachim that are walking up and down the ladder, who are looking at him, because if Yaakovino doesn't look at himself and acknowledge where he is, sleeping on the floor... I'll be real here for a moment, okay? I'll be extra vulnerable. I was a very good boy uh, in my year in Israel. But I do remember one day, I remember being just totally exhausted. Now, unlike here, where nobody comes to wake you up from the staff, or at least usually not on Shabbos, where I went to Yeshiva, so there was staff members who would come to wake us up in the morning. Now, one day, I got the best of them, I was just so tired. I woke up for chakras. And I saw the time, was, and I knew they were going to be coming in soon. So I got up, and there was this little corner of the room. I took the blanket, and I like, threw a bunch of clothes on, and I like, went in the corner, and I just like, fell asleep in the corner so that when they would walk in, they wouldn't see, see me there. They didn't take attendance. Like, we didn't, they just checked the rooms. And I remember falling asleep. And I didn't have a dream like Yaakov, you know, but I remember in the middle of my dream, in the middle of my dream, or in the middle of my sleep, I just remember having this feeling like, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? Like, what? You're sitting there, you're in the corner, asleep, it's like the middle of the morning, you know, like, who are you hiding from? You're like, what are you doing? And I woke up, and I went to the base Medrash, and I feel like there was like a certain, there was like a certain turning point. I don't know if like, I missed Shach ever again after that, in yeshiva. Because I had, like, I did what I did, you know, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm sleeping in. And I had this moment of, like, what is wrong with you? Like, where are you? I had this moment where, like, the malachim are going up and down. And they're like, I'm, like, literally sleeping on the floor in a pile of dirty clothes. <laughs> just so that I can, like, sneak away from, like, the Rebbe who's going to catch me, you know. And shoot me with a super soaker or something or whatever they used to do. And I was in yeshiva. I can't get away with that anymore. You guys are all too uh, sensitive. So they used to do crazy stuff to us. They'd like dump our beds and stuff when I was in camp. So um I was like, what's, you know, I had this moment where I was like sleeping on the floor and the Malachi looking were like, oh, what's going on here? Like you're sleeping on the floor in a pile of dirty laundry, but your face is etched into the Kisak kavod. And so somewhere between that level of recognizing that we're past the year 2000. Moshiach's long overdue. And we're just tired. And so we can't really be expected to do anything. Yet we push ourselves the extra mile. And yet, being authentic with the fact that our extra mile is so, you know, not where it needs to be. And being in that bouncing back and forth between trying to push myself a little bit and recognizing where I am, somewhere there, I come to this place of Le'eneh Kol Yisrael Bereshesh's before the eyes of all of the Jewish people, I can begin for the first time to be. Like the Rebbe Husyatin explained, Barah is a of healthy, also, like Bari. The beginning of serving God is having like a healthy, honest talk with yourself and with the Master of the universe and seeing who am I, where am I. And knowing on the one hand that I am a servant of God. Hashem is counting on me. And we're part of the ikvus of the We have to cross the finish line. And all of the previous generations were like the head and the heart. If the feet aren't going to cross the finish line, the head and the heart can do all they want, but they can't walk very far. And so everything is counting on me. Everything that I'm doing is so chashev. And it time, time to be authentic with where I'm at in the service of God, both latav and mutav. in terms of being honest with my shortcomings and really honestly getting to work on them. And also being honest with my successes and being proud of my successes and not having to feign humility, but to be able to say to your friend, when they say, oh, you're so chashed now, like you changed so much, oh. So serious all of a sudden? You say like, yeah, I am serious. Do you know what year it is? That's what you tell them. next time somebody gives you a snide remark about now you're sisters are hanging out or your Schoenester you got a minute longer or something say do you know what year it is you think this is what I need from you right now do you have any idea what year it is <laughs>